When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Jan Vertonghen with a thumping ball. And he wakes right at the last. Lamella! Steering by Alderweireld. And he saved it. Hugo Lloris. Vertonghen captain delivers when his team really needed it. Ericsson dipping brilliant. That is absolutely stunning from Christian Ericsson. Gabriele! To the last word on Spurs, where it has happened again. A crazy, crazy game at the Etihad, which saw Spurs somehow snatch a 2-2 draw at the home to the champions. Delighted to have alongside me, back alongside me, Jason McGovern. Joining myself and Jason, pleased to also welcome back to the show, Sky Sports News, Sky Sports Transfer Talk, Good Morning Transfers, PDC Dart Show presenter, and also the Tottenham Hotspur Annuals from 2000. 2008 to 2017, Michael Bridge is back on the last word on Spurs. Joining myself, Jason and Mike, pleased to also welcome back Jack from Hotspur Lane. Enjoy the show. Firstly, great to have you back on the show. How you been? All right, man. Probably enjoying watching Joffrey Archer for the last few days. <laughs> well, what about the football? <laughs> Just Joffrey Archer flattening those Aussies has been a fantastic bit of bit of viewing for a couple of days, mate. But what about the crazy game of the weekend, Jace? Uh, unbelievable scenes. When it's happened again, could you believe what you're watching? I've been watching the cricket, mate. I haven't noticed any football going. <laughs> what, what's happened? No, crazy, crazy end to the game, wasn't it? It's a really strange one because I. I I hate watching Tottenham play like Burnley for, for most of the game, but 
you know, we showed a bit of shit hours of re. We showed a bit of the, the game craft and, um, and it's, it's hard to say it was a well-deserved point, but uh, it's, it's absolutely a fantastic result. You have to say that. Um, you know, you look at Manchester City and their last 26 domestic games they've played, they've won 24 and the only two they haven't won are both to Tottenham. So, you know, that says something for us. And yeah, it's, it's turning up to be quite a, quite a nice little rivalry now, isn't it? Oh, it's incredible. I mean, Mike, one of the most unlikeliest of points for Spurs to head home with after a very big one at the Etihad. But once again, VAR wiped out what City thought was a winning goal against Mauricio Pochettino's men. Could you believe what you were watching, Mike? <laughs> no. It's just unbelievable how it was a pretty much a carbon copy of the Champions League game. Um, so much. You're trawling through social media afterwards. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's right. Everyone's wrong. Just unbelievable, really. The, the point is, is that it's going to go against us during the season as well, and it's going to go for us. So it's not as if lucky Tottenham have got away with one. We'll be feeling aggrieved at some point, at, at some stage again this season. What they can take from it is that they've left arguably the hardest away ground in the Premier League with a point. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you might you make the point there. I mean, Luke Willisowski says, I'm having a hard time feeling sorry for City. They'll be fine. Rules should be examined. Still not a big fan of VR in general, but glad it helped us again. Can't believe it. Going to be a wild season. I think he's absolutely spot on there. And Jack, you know, it is a remarkable case of what Mike said there. Deja vu with a late intervention of VAR at the Etihad after a funny old game. You know, for a long time, it looked like this was going to be the return of the 2017-18 fixture with City could be winning by a few goals, but instead Spurs got an improved result after last season's 1-0 defeat. No, not again. I could... <laughs> That's oh, those same emotions from only a few months before in Champions League. It just felt the exact same. And what matters is that the rules have said it's not a goal and we have to stick by it. We've had to do it numerous times, especially in Champions League final. We had to take the hard end of the stick, but this time it's gone for us. And yeah, you love it when it does. Yeah, indeed. But that Peter Strom says, could we use VAR every time we go to the Etihad? It's so enthralling. I mean, Mike, you said there, you know, it might not go through us throughout the season. We'll have to wait and see. Jace, but tremendous character, you have to say, shown by the Spurs team to come back twice against the champions. I mean, that's despite being without Deli Alley, Hummin Son, Ryan Sessegnon, along with, you know, Giovanni the Chelsea at the start of game, Jan Vertonghen at the start of this season. I mean, is that the sign, Jason, of a good side? You know, score two against a team on a pitch whilst playing playing poorly. What do you take away from the result itself, Jace? Well, certainly the character to come back twice. That's for sure. The comeback within a couple of minutes for Lamella was one thing. I think once we went 2-1 down, you thought this is going to be tough. And, and I think, part, in fairness, I think, you know, when I look at the two games there last year, even when the games were, you know, City scored early in the league game, and but we had three or four one-on-ones and... You know, we had chances in the Champions League game. Obviously, we scored twice really quickly. And even then, when Aguero put them in front, you thought, no, 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 we'll go up the other end. We'll be a goal threat. Whereas yesterday, you just, at no stage did I ever feel like we were a goal threat in the game. And, um, you know, it was just a, a hopeful ball in and we win a corner from it. And then, well, what an amazing substitution that is. And you've definitely, you know, I mean, it's astonishing, isn't it? A hat-trick in Ajax, goals at... Yet he had goals at Old Trafford, goals at Anfield, goals in the New Camp. I mean, he's becoming a, a serial big game, big game, you know, has, a, has an effect on big games, doesn't he? So, this, this, uh, I'd hate to be picking the side in a few weeks' time when everyone is ready. Yeah, it made a great, great point there, Jace, on that selection of Lucas Moura. Because I want to bring it over to you, Mike, about the team selection. We saw Ericsson return to the heart of the Spurs midfield alongside Winks, Asoko and Ndombele. We saw Spurs, Summerson and Achoso on the bench ahead of a potential debut with Vertonghen amongst the subs. With Maurizio Pochettino to select from the Argentinian, we just made one change with Moura drop into the bench. Was you surprised, Mike, by the selection to see Moura dropped with Lamella in the side at the time when that broke? Yes, I was. I thought, um, you know, we just went off there absolutely bang on how good Mora's been and, you know, particularly away from home. Um, you, you know, Man City, I still don't think like pace. And, you know, Mor- Lucas Mora love, loves the big game and I think he'd earn probably a start. I mean, Lamella, goodness me, doesn't... <laughs> he really divides opinion, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, on social media. Look, look, at the end of the day, Lamella scored. Uh, but I, I think it was poor from Edison for the goal. Um, and there was overall bits in the matter which can be extremely frustrating. Uh, I still don't think Spurs have that system quite right. Uh, but Maurizio, it's hard to get a lot out of Maurizio sometimes post-match. He keeps his cards ever so close to his chest. 
But I, I really was quite glad to hear him say, look, this squad and side isn't settled until the European window closes. And obviously that includes potentially Vertonghen even now, but primarily Christian Eriksen. Because we all know last week Tottenham were offering pretty much nothing against Aston Villa. They tied a little bit and Eriksen contributed to the three goals. Until we get that definitive of whether he's staying or signs a new contract or not, I think it's going to be all up in the air. And I'm glad Maurizio sort of acknowledged that because I'm feeling it as well. And it is still very much early days with everyone sort of settling in in new positions. Some people, players didn't look totally comfortable. So on that, on the positive, to come away with a draw at Manchester City is absolutely brilliant. I agree. Mike, just sticking on your point there about Vertonghen, we've got a question from Dustin at Debo1980 who says, are you concerned with Jan not playing the first two Premier League matches? Uh, do you know what, Rick? I'm, I was quite staggered. Um, some, something must have happened. I'm not being told. I'm not aware of, of anything. Um, this is one guy who I just genuinely just thought would be a Tottenham starter until he ever departed. Yeah. Um, yes, admittedly, it had happened with Toby before, where he didn't start a couple of games, then came in and was never present. Whether, whether he's had a poor pre-season or something's happened, which we don't know about, or he's been speaking to other clubs, we don't know. It will come out. It always does. Um, I love Vertonghen. I think he's a real credit to Tottenham Hotspur. I call him the captain without the armband. Mm, um, true that, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to see how this is going to pan out. I still think we're stronger with him in it. But Sanchez getting consistent games alongside Alderweireld is the positive. But certainly the negative is would be any fallout with with Maurizio. Yeah, I wouldn't like to hear that. But um, yeah, um, as I say, I think it will come out eventually. But I don't think anyone. Um, we're all pretty stunned by it at the moment, to be honest with you. Mm, I agree with that one, Jake. All we've really heard from you know maybe some sources out there is that but someone hasn't been selected due to fitness reasons. Or what do you make of that, Jack? From what we're hearing at the moment. If that is the case, you, you you can only take what you hear, can't you? But I mean, I'd like to think it's not. I'd like to think he's picked his best eleven, especially when it comes to people like Christian Eriksen as well. He has to play because I don't buy none of this head turn nonsense. I don't even think it exists. I especially in Eriksen's position that Paul Pogba's plan A, Christian's plan B. Do you think Christian really goes out and plays for Tottenham and doesn't want to put on a top performance to make Real Madrid? Say hey, yeah, go on. We we will take you this summer. It's you play your best players. There are, nobody's heads rarely get turned if they want to further their careers. You know, I don't really buy. It. I hope Batongan's in there because, like you said, he's not fit. And if he's not fit, then it's right to not play him. You play your best eleven. Jack, do you generally believe the eleven he selected on the field would that have been the eleven that you would have gone with personally? What did you make of the decision to pick Lamella over Mora? Well, you know, Poch is the guy. Poch sees him every day. I don't know. Personally, I do think Lucas Moura is one of the most criminally underrated players in football, especially yep. looking back. I think I just his career when I was growing up, he was he was the boy to buy. Every, all the top clubs in Europe were looking after him. He was the next Lionel Messi. PSG got him. You know, maybe he's not had the best of starts there. He's came here and a hat-trick in a Champions League semi-final does say something. So, And his leap and his finishing, it's just... I would. I don't know. Poch makes the decisions. You know what I mean. He's seen him all week. Yeah. If he wanted to bring more on late to run in behind him, keep the game tight, and then let him run in, that's his choice. I don't screw with it. Yeah. Well, the substitution definitely worked. I mean, Jace, you've always been when I says back the manager. This is the question I think you'll like. This is from Love the Lane at Love the Lane Coys, who says, "Do you think it's ridiculous that Spurs fans still continue to question Pochettino's judgment? Vertonghen benched. Sanchez plays well. Lamella starts, scores a goal. Lucas on the bench, scores within 19 seconds of coming on. This hashtag back the manager was a bit hypercritical, wasn't it? Well, I, I said that in a lot of the things over summer, didn't I? You know, back the manager means back it. Um... You know, personally, <clears throat> I'd always like to see us play on the front foot, but we don't know how, how Poch sets it up. And, um, you know, I suppose in fairness to him, we've tried to play on the front foot at City the last two or three years. We've come back with narrow defeats. Like I said, we, we threatened in the 1-0 game and we scored three in the Champions League game, but we did actually lose the, the 90 minutes that night. And so the first time we've gone to City and... And we haven't tried to play on the front foot and we have played a containment game. We've, we've ended up coming home with a point. So, you know, the proof of the pudding, I suppose, is in the result. The flip side of that is you, you, you kind of think um, they've had 30-odd shots at goal to our three. So you can't actually say that the, 
the result might have meant that the tactics worked. But if you actually look at the pattern of the game, you know, it didn't work, did it? Let's be fair about it in, in that respect. Otherwise, you know, they'd have had 14 shots to our, to our three or something. The fact that they had 31 shots because we sat back and let them keep coming at us, you know, you can't get away with that too often. But, you know, the result, I suppose, is the, the end of the day is what, what actually matters. And we've we've picked up a, a, a great result. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's um, they've only failed to beat two domestic sides in 26, and both of those are us. So it's, it's uh, I suppose, you know, everything that works out in the end for us. Yeah, indeed. Sticking with you, Jace, just on Eric Lamella, you would have a feeling he must have been dreading the introduction of VAR into the Premier League because he didn't mind him in that first half where it looked like an absolute stonewall penalty where he was all over the fullback in well, fullback for the Man City in the area. I mean, would you stun that the referee didn't give a penalty? I think this is where, where, where VAR really needs to be understood by people in that, you know, VAR is not what everyone wants it to be. It's it's pretty now established and and you know, VAR is getting the criticism for for not giving the penalty, but actually it's the referee's call. It's it's Michael Oliver that didn't give the penalty. It's not VAR. I think, you know, there was a thing apparently at Stockley Park a few weeks ago where all the top journalists and then the process is that in an incident like that, Michael Oliver will tell the VAR what he's seen, i.e. I've seen Eric Lamella put his arm round him and and the player's gone down. And and the VAR will say that's exactly what's happened. But the call is still left to the referee. So it's not VAR that didn't give the penalty. It's the referee. Now, I, I quite agree with you. When I saw it, I think we got incredibly lucky because I think Michael Oliver should give the penalty. But once once Michael Oliver decided it's not a penalty for him, then VAR is 100% right not to overrule him. It's it's as simple as that. You know, we want, we, we keep... We've moaned and groaned for years about not accepting referees' decisions and saying, oh, we, we sh- they should be helped and this, that and the third thing. And now we've got a system in place and we're moaning at that. It's, you know, just, just get on with it. Michael Oliver made the call. VAR shouldn't have overruled him. And in the same way, if Michael Oliver had said, he's, I've seen Lamella put his arms around him and he's dragged him down, then the VAR would have given the penalty as well. It's, it's, the subjective part is still left to the referee. If Michael Oliver says, I've just seen a player dive, then the VAR official can say, no, actually what's happened is Eric Lamella's grabbed him around the neck and then it can overrule. But the moment the referee describes what he's seen and it matches the TV pictures, then VAR is not going to overrule it. So it was Michael Oliver that got the call wrong, not the VAR. Tell us, Mike, what you thought of that overall incident because Lamella doesn't need to make that decision to put his arms around the player. I mean, after the game, also Pep Guardiola's comments where he says Lamella was all over him. It was a penalty. Maybe VR was having a coffee in that yeah. moment. I mean, Mike, what do you make of those comments? Also, the incident itself. Well, I mean, it's top journalist and me because I'm, I'm due there next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I wasn't able to make it the other week, so I'm down there next week. And I'm more intrigued to go now than I admittedly I was before because of obviously it's happened to the club I support, but it's obviously and naturally there's going to be debate after the first two Premier League weekends. What I'm taking from it and what my colleagues have taken from it is they don't want to overrule the referee unless they particularly have to. Uh, the handball one is the, is the one where we're really going to have some debate here. But the Lamella one, where, regardless if you look at it for me, is, is, it's just clumsy old Lamella sometimes. <laughs> If it did refer, if it did get referred to VAR, I don't think any of us could have really complained too much about it. It's just one of those things, isn't it? It's becoming a 50-50 argument, VAR, whether you like it or you don't. Um, is it, it, it? It's like an American concept as well, where is there an idea of maybe you've been back to Stockley Park and when they're watching the review? I don't know. Um, do you want the right decision or do you want entertainment? Can you no longer celebrate the way they used to? I don't know. People say, well, you know, even the Spurs players didn't complain. But isn't that irrelevant when Laporta did the hand, did handball it? Mm, it yeah. We could talk all night about the <laughs> AR. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going now. Just looking at the, even if they might be showing me the Laporte incident and even maybe the Lamella one, because I'm certainly be asking them, why weren't they keen on informing Michael Oliver about that incident? But straight away, they obviously let him know about the Gabriel Jesus goal. That, that's what I find really intriguing. Mm. Is it, you know, is it a clear handball? But to them, that's not a clear penalty, and they allow Michael Oliver to see that. Whereas a handball now, it, now the rules have been updated, and they're, they're crystal clear to read. That is handball. But in football terms, players are finding it 
hard to get their heads around because they're the ones on the football pitch and it's actual motions, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I heard someone say today, you know, Sissoko's arm was in the air for the Champions League final. So it's all interpretations. It's all opinions. And it's something that no one is ever going to fully agree on. It's that people saying, oh, you know, one day it will go for Manchester City. It went Manchester City's way in the Champions League quarterfinal. Yep. They missed the penalty. Not our fault they missed the penalty. They were given no. one that they yeah. themselves didn't ask for and nobody knew really yeah. why it was. And actually, when I saw it on the night, I could understand why it was given yeah. when, when he's asked. But, I mean, you know, City were given a benefit of a VAR decision. It's not our fault they missed the penalty. The, the mm-hmm. second part, I would say, on Lamella yesterday, what I hope Poch would do today is sit down with the, the, the squad, show that incident and say, look, we got away with one there, with Michael Oliver not giving it. We cannot afford to defend like that because next time we may not get fortunate with it. And hopefully he'll drum it in to, to somebody like Eric Lamella. Sorry, Eric, no arms around the necks of people. We're not trying to strangle people here. So, you know, defend properly, defend with your body and that. But don't try and, try and you know, strangle somebody around the throat next time because you won't get away with it. The million dollar question here, Jack, is will Eric listen, do you think, to that? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, when I seen it, I thought, oh, no, Eric, you know, typical Eric, clumsy, oh, penalty. But, again, it's open to interpretation. And I think Michael Oliver has looked at it. Has Michael Oliver looked at that? Has he been told that that's not a penalty by someone? Well, but does Eric not help himself in these situations where it's a situation he doesn't need to make that decision, does he? I mean, it's just it's classic Eric where he gets involved where he doesn't really need to. Yeah, it's classic, Eric. Just on the opening goal, a, a great ball from Kevin De Bruyne to the back post where the unmarked Sterling headed across Lloris to put them ahead 1-0. Jace, how frustrated was you, by the way, we conceded that opening goal? It was Carl Walker-Peter's job, wasn't it, to, to, to be aware of who was behind him. Raheem Sterling almost preyed on his inexperience and, uh, and we, we feared that something like that would happen to Carl Walker-Peter's, although I thought over the 90 minutes he actually did probably better than than I expected. I thought in the first half he wasn't always given the, the bit of protection in front of him, but uh, Kevin De Bruyne's quality, I mean, three or four balls into the box were were just fantastic and, you know, we, we stood off him a couple of times, but sometimes you just have to, to uh, accept the quality of the opposition and, you know, some of these, you know, wouldn't we love Christian Eriksen to be pinging balls around like Kevin De Bruyne was yesterday? And I don't mean that in a bad way at Eriksen, but the quality of Kevin De Bruyne, I mean, head and shoulders, the, the best player on the pitch by a million miles. Mm, it was, it was fantastic. My question in from at Spurs Transfer 10, who says, are you concerned by Spurs' inability to keep clean sheets? The last one he believes was at Brighton, which was over three months ago. But are we always expected to concede a goal at City? It's very tough then not to concede, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, De Bruyne was outstanding yesterday. Walker-Peters will obviously learn from that with the position with Sterling. Um, you know, on Walker Peters, very quickly. You know, you know, you remember Rose and um, had a, had loan spells, and Carl Walker had loan spells. I think Carl Walker Peters really should have gone on loan last season, and I hope that doesn't cost him because he has got the number one white back spot at the moment, uh, and he might not even be challenged for some time. So the, the good news is he won't have a challenge like that for a while. Um, he's got a North London derby coming up as well. I mean, he can cement that place now all of a sudden. Um, in terms of goals being conceded. It was a poor goal to concede last week against Aston Villa. And I thought Villa should really have maybe got another one before before half-time as well. I was really disappointed. It was a really bad half. But it's hard to read into opening games. Um, Slurs concerned? Not really at the moment. I think there's other maybe issues at the moment in terms of where players will be post-European window. But yeah, I mean, if you combine the end of last season together with this one, then yeah, you will be concerned because... Frankly, the league performances were absolutely unacceptable. But you, it's bit sometimes. I'm, I'm not sure about linking something from last May to now. Um, what, it's a wait and see job. Two games gone, but let's let's face it. One of them is Man City away. So on an, on another day, City could have won yesterday five one. Let's be honest. Yeah, agree. I mean, spot on. And Jack, I mean, thoughts on Carl Walker? Did you hear, see Mike there say you know he will probably end up getting more games because at the moment he hasn't got real genuine competition for the spot, or he has been out injured. Tell us what you think of Carl Walker-Peters so far from what you've seen of him, Jack. Yeah, look, I'm not going to slate Carl Walker-Peters too much. I think we're two games into the season, like we just said. It's um, it's Manchester City. It's You look through the team, they've got... I can name three or four players that are probably all contenders to win Player of the Year. I mean, I think 
the, the team is beyond. I don't think we've ever seen anything like it in Premier League. I think when we're older, it'll be one of those generational teams that you look back on. I think to ask us to match up to them man for man is hard. Um, you've got to play a different way, like we did. We're not going to play how we normally play, so you're not expecting a stellar performance in that sort of style. Sit back, try to hit him on the counter, which we didn't do too much of the latter, but. You know, we got the goals in the end and we got the 2-2, two -two, just as clinical as they were. I mean, you'll take it when they come. You won't criticise too many players, but yeah, we were up against a strong side and we got a good positive result, so I feel. I was going to say, I think in fairness as well, if you look back, you know, Carl Walker, makes, Carl Walker Peters makes a mistake, Raheem Sterling scores. But, you know, you're talking about Raheem Sterling, who had a fantastic season last year. He gave us problems in every single game we've played against him in the last two years, hasn't he? And he scored... He scored in the four-three game, didn't he? And he set goals up in the other games. And so yeah. you know, it's, it's not like it's not like Raheem Sterling's a run-of-the-mill winger like like Nicolas Pepe is a, a, a crap player that's never going to get past anyone. I mean, or an Nkudu type. <laughs> You're talking about a young kid playing his what, his fifth or sixth Premier League game against, let's be fair, one of the top players around at the moment. So. You know, I thought, as I said, over the 90 minutes, yeah, there was a couple of things that you'll look back on and think I needed to do better. But, you know, Raheem yeah, Sterling's so. making monkeys out of right-backs every single week at the moment. Mm, that's fair play. Jay, sticking with you, we're going to talk about the positive side now to Eric Lamella because he got Spurs level, a beautiful curling shot past Edison into the bottom left corner. I don't think any of us saw this goal coming. And just on Lamella, you know, for his criticism he's taken, he contributed to both goals that were scored away at Man City. I mean, he seems to be the debate, Jay. So always, you know, it's always still with Lamella. There's the, you know, it's definitely said the jury's out on him. There's still no, no real kind of firm in or out cab with Eric. Where are you? on the Lamella debate? I think I said I'd have let him go in the summer because I think, I mean, I, he's, he's the, the, the game that Eric Lamella had Saturday kind of sums him up so much that there's bits of real quality in there. Quite often, you, there's a game and you think, he comes up with something and you think, wow, that's, that's, that shows the talent. And he's finished the corners of the finish. He used the defender in front of him to shield it. Okay, Edison's not in the best position, but you can't take that away from Eric Lamella. He sees the goalkeeper or the the wrong side and thinks there's a big enough gap I'll put it in there but then there was a couple, there was a moment I think where we broke in the second half and bear in mind we hardly had a break and he took four or five touches and dallied on a ball and you think that's the other side of Eric Lamella you never quite get a 90 minutes where you look at him and think I'll tell you what Eric Lamella was absolutely fantastic today you'll, you'll come away and you'll think he did some good things and he did some bad things. And next week, he could be absolutely appalling and the following week will do something great again. And it's that consistency in his game, isn't it, with Eric Lamella? Um, and I, I just... I mean, the good thing about it is that I've always said Eric Lamella needs a really big goal, a meaningful goal in a meaningful game. And, and you know, he's suddenly got one, hasn't he? A really mean... I'm, I'm not talking about the third when you beat Man United 3-0. A, a goal that that really means something to the club. And, yep. and Saturday's goal does that. But we're now on, what, year six, and a forward player in his sixth year has finally scored his first meaningful goal for the club. And that's kind of where I stand with Eric Lamella. Mike, for City retaking the lead, De Bruyne was the creator again as he put a low ball for Aguero, who got in between Alderweireld and Sanchez to poke home. I know it's very easy saying this in hindsight, Mike, but with Vertonghen on that field, do we concede that goal? Oh, the greatest word, hindsight. I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, let's be positive and say that De Bruyne, but across to most, it's a pass to him. Uh, he was just absolutely sensational. And I didn't even realise totally that he's now their, their captain, uh, if David Silva's not playing. But, he, you know, he doesn't seem like a captain, but he just commands his respect. Um, I thought Sterling has really come on, really come on. But, uh, but he was a little bit quiet second half, whereas De Bruyne was absolutely fantastic. But yeah, possibly, possibly. But, you know, I just rolled my eyes when it went in. And that, that's the quality of the side we're playing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are absolute quality, like you say. Jack, you know, should we give De Bruyne more of the credit there rather than maybe looking to question the back four? Yeah, I think De Bruyne is incredible. I think I, I think Gamba Tonga is the best centre-half at the club, probably the best centre-half I've seen in my lifetime at Tottenham. I mean... I only seen Ledley King when he was knocking on a bit. I think can't really judge him off that. Obviously, I've seen highlights and whatnot. But Jan Vertonghen for me is the best. But it's still very hard to say that he he would have prevented that goal with a player like De Bruyne. Like I say, he's one of the best passers I think the Premier League's ever seen. Never mind 
Manchester City or anything like that. Mm. Jace, tell us, how disappointed were you by the way we conceded that goal? Or do you just, like I say, hold your hands up and maybe more appreciate Kevin De Bruyne's vision for the goal? Yeah, I think we could have defended it at Salt a little bit better. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne's ball is, is quality, but you perhaps have to, like I said earlier, you have to get a little bit closer to him and make it a little bit harder for him to to get into that space. And I think, you know, he, he found himself in the... You know, with four blue shirts either side of him, but nobody really, really stopping him. So, fair enough to him. But you know that once he gets in that position, the quality is fantastic, and he he whipped the ball in. And you know, Toby got a little bit caught on his on his heels. And you know, again, Aguero's movement. You're playing against top quality players, and every little mistake can be ruthlessly punished by them. And you know, Aguero's made a career out of doing that, hasn't he? And and, and Kevin De Bruyne as well on the way to doing the same real quality but you could have done a little bit better but you know those those top quality players will punish you all the time we're in love with him on this show is Lucas Mora and Mike you know what an incredible substitution from Pochettino it was wasn't it 19 seconds in the matter of him warming up to coming on the pitch to scoring I mean I love the fact that he outleaped Carl Walker but tell us Mike what did you make of that to obviously to put us level brilliant leap great header credit to the club Extremely unlucky to not start the Champions League final. Took it sensationally well. Could have moaned, could have tweeted about it. Brilliant. Great bloke. Great signing. Seems to snip now at 21-odd million pound. And I'm a massive, massive fan of him. Massive fan. When he's good, he's great. Um, might lack a little bit of consistency sometimes. Sometimes the game passes him by, but that is, that is me being very harsh. Um, I'm a massive fan of his. Um, it was a good substitution. Sometimes I think Poch leaves him a bit too late, the subs, but no, good substitution. Lamella, couldn't agree more with all the Lamella points. Um, and a great cross. I mean, corners, I don't get remotely excited when Spurs have a corner. So, yeah, that was um fantastic header. The leap was brilliant. I'm a massive, massive Mora fan, and he deserves to start next week. And on Lamella and Mora, with Lo coming in, he'll get fitter. Hopefully, hopefully Ericsson stays, Deli Ali coming back. Son coming back after that ridiculous red card against Bournemouth. There will be, hopefully, options. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting times at that midfield. It really, really is exciting. And Jack, you know, Mora, we speak about big goals. You know, the hatchery against Ajax, he got a double at Old Trafford from, against Man United. Goal at City, goal against Liverpool, goal against Barcelona. I mean, for me, you know, this guy, I would I would love to see him become one of the first names on the team sheet because he seems to love playing for the club. A big game player with really, really big goals in him, Jack. You must be so excited to see this guy flourish like he's at the moment in a Spurs shirt. Yeah, his qualities are there to see, aren't they? Just every, his pace, his leaping abilities, Jermaine Defoe style finishing, top corner, bottom corner, low centre of gravity. I just think, what a player. Just he's a, Like Michael said, he's a credit to the club, what a man. To miss out on that Champions League final, to not say a word, that showed some courage, that, because... I don't know. I I would begin the Lucas Moore to start camp. Then I just feel that, and not another player would have took it like that. It's just unfortunate. Like I say, I'm a big fan of his career, especially when he was back at Sao Paulo and he was talked about as the next best thing. But you know, to then go to PSG, struggle there, come back to Tottenham, try and revive his career. He's got so much quality, but he's just at that point where we're trying to build a good team, and he's up against people like Young Min Son if he wants to start in place and. Be interesting to see what Pochettino goes with when Youngman's on his back available. Competition's rife in that midfield at the moment. If all I say, if Mike, you said all the players stay, it really, really is. You know, got some wonderful options there from Rizzo Pochettino. Jace, tell us about Lucas Moura as well. You know, he's been directly involved in five goals in his last five games in all competition, as many as he's managed in his previous twenty. I mean, he is the guy in form at the moment for Spurs, isn't he? He is, and, and you know, it's, it's, I mean, the impressive thing with those goals is they're all away goals, aren't they? You know, it's not just scoring against the big teams; it's scoring when when you really need them away from home. You, you know, you're not going to go and score four at New Camp and things like that, and you, you might not get too many chances in those games. So when they come, you've got to take them, and um, you know, his, his goal return in those games is is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And you know, we've always praised Delhi for scoring big goals, but I mean. Like I say, when you're doing it in the away games and, you know, you're two weeks away from, from playing uh, the South London side. So, you know, there's another one you think, you know, if you can add add something there and it's it's meaningful. I mean, the run just continues for him. And it's just that. And I think Mike's right. His, his professionalism of how he accepted that final and his humility in games. You know, he, do, he doesn't look a, 
a difficult boy to manage, does he? It's just like, okay, I'll accept that to manage his decision. And when I get a chance to get on the pitch, I'll try and show my form. I'm not going to go and sulk about it. And, you know, there may come a time, 18 months, two years down the line, where he does get fed up. But we've just extended his contract. He thoroughly deserved that that contract renewal. He's the way he handles things. And he's, he's becoming a Sonny-style character in that you just can't keep him down. And every time there's doubts thrown in there or he has a bad game, he just bounces straight back the next time. It's it's fantastic from him. What do you make, Jason, of the incredible leap on him? You know, above Walker for the header. I mean, this guy is not exactly the tallest either. What a leap this well, bloke has. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If, if, we'll go back to his debut at Rochdale. And I remember saying that day, yeah. he, he's, he's got a leap and his heading ability is more like a centre-half. I mean, he won <laughs> so many balls in the air at Rochdale. I remember saying that point. And... And I think a couple of games before the end of that season when he played, I said, his leap is astonishing. So it, it wasn't a surprise. And, and he wins a lot of balls in the air that that people like Anthony Gardner at six foot five couldn't even win for Tottenham. It, or Crowley <laughs> wouldn't even win some of them. It's it's astonishing. It's just, just got to, whether it's the leap or the timing of the leap or something, but he's got some real spring to him, that's for sure. Right, guys, we are going to go for a very quick break. And when we return, we will be discussing the impact Tungi Undumbele had on the game against Manchester City. We'll be taking even more of your listener questions, talking about the craziness of VAR, which saw Spurs snatch a late point, And also, a brief look ahead to Newcastle to come on Sunday. Don't you go anywhere. Joe, sticking with you, we've got a question from Patrick at Patrick E. THFC, who says, it seems a trio of Winks, Undumbele, Soko isn't working. And in the last two matches, Winks was the chosen one to leave the pitch at the second half, while Potter said he wanted to build the team around Winks. What do you make of that? It's definitely not working, the, the three in midfields. Um, but I, I presume we'll start to, you know, in fairness, I suppose, with Lacelso becoming available and, and Delhi to soon come back and Sonny coming back into the team and that, I think there'll be a lot more options. And, and I'll I, I probably get the feeling it's not how Pochettino wants to play at the moment. But almost necessity forcing it upon him in a kind of way. So I don't think we'll see it too often. I think the three of them doesn't work, does it? I mean, you know, we're seeing Musa Sissoko even going back, more looking like the Musa Sissoko of previous years than last year. And once again, he's playing a fraction wider. And so, you know, his lack of quality then with the ball rather than just being a powerhouse runner is showing again. So I don't think it's really suiting anyone. I called Ndombele's performance awful on the day. I think that was probably, in hindsight, a little bit harsh. But but again, I think a lot of the game kind of bypassed him as well in the, in his work off the ball. So definitely definitely needs to be improvements there. And I'd be astonished if that those three start the, the Newcastle game, that's for sure. Does stats override then, Jace, what we're seeing from Underbill at the moment? Because he's contributed to two goals, one goal and assist in his two competitive appearances so far for the club. I mean, I didn't think he had a, a particularly poor game. I think it is a case where he's still trying to adjust to the league, you know, adjust to his teammates as well. I think that's it. I mean, when, when, I, when I said it was awful, as I said, it was probably, in reflection, it was harsh. But, you know, the, the way he fell asleep for what would have been the winning goal. And there was times in that second half where I think just his lack of fitness is really showing and that, you know, he looked really incredibly leggy and a couple of times you saw him lumbering through the centre midfield when City were breaking, making no impression to get, not not showing a lack of desire to get back, but just it's almost as if he's running through concrete a couple of times. So I think he's going to be an absolute monster for us. I've got no hesitation in that. I'm delighted. I think he'll be worth absolutely every penny that we've paid for him. And come the end of the season, we'll be thinking, what, a, what an absolutely fantastic player he is. But I think, like we said before the season, he'll just need time to to get used to the pace of the Premier League. It's you know he was about to be subbed last week when he scored. I think Poch said after the game he's he's only looking at about 30, 40 percent. So the the numbers that he showed Saturday, considering he's at 30, 40 percent, just show you what a beast he can be. But at the moment we're not seeing anywhere near the the Fulton and, and Dombele. But like I said, he he will be a boost. He's just not at the moment. Mike, question from Dave Wakeman at Dave Wakeman. He says, how long do you think it will take for the lads to adjust to Tungy's passing? They seem to be a bit stunned by his ability to thread the ball into tight spaces or anticipate where they'll be opening. What do you make of that, Mike? Oh, I, do you know what? It's, I'm going back to what Maurizio said. I think everything will try and hopefully get settled after this European window. Nothing seems settled at all yet. Musa's performance against Aston Villa was dreadful, let's be honest. Um 
You know, he had that glorious opportunity and it was unacceptable that they would hit the corner flag. He's in the box, has to be on target. I mean, I think Gary Neville said, did Gary Neville said yesterday, Pat, you know, if he had that kind of composure or did certain things which we know he can't do, he'd be one of the best players in the world. It's true, it's true. Now, yeah. last, se- last season, he was fantastic. And I, it was nearly, for me, a minor miracle. I'd absolutely given up on him after his first couple of years. I didn't understand why he was at Tottenham. But, yeah, last season, I was distraught when he got injured. Yeah, the first couple of games, just the whole system hasn't seemed to work. Hasn't really worked for any of them in the midfield, actually, at the moment. The beauty is, you just know, Tongia Andombele is going to be a real top player for Spurs. I mean, even he took his goal against Villa so incredibly well. Top professional, go and get the ball back. I'm not celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, second game of season. Uh, do you know what? I don't think he looks particularly that fit either. I actually think he's get, he's still getting used to the, the work under Maurizio Pochettino. Um but that whole midfield diamond, that whole system just needs sorting, which I think it will over the next few weeks anyway, as things just naturally come together. Things are so up in the air at the moment, it's untrue. And I think the midfield will be addressed as well. The good thing about things being up in the air and not being satisfied with a player or something is that we're sitting with two games with, with four points and one of them's Manchester City away. And then if we beat Newcastle next week, I'd have taken seven from nine when those fixtures came out. Oh, you would have done. Yeah, it would be not be a, a bad start to whatsoever. Jack, thoughts on Tungi and Dembele? I think as, as supporters, we're loving seeing him in a Spurs shirt. What have you made of his performances so far? Yeah, he just looks so unique, doesn't he? I mean, just the way he moves, he turns, and now he can turn so quickly on a dime, play a pass either way. I think he just looks like a unique talent. I'm so happy that Pochettino can work with him from such a young age. He's 22. It's easy to forget that about him. I think overall, his performances, they've not been extremely good. I mean, like Michael says, he does look a bit unfit. He seems to walk around the pitch at points. He doesn't, you know, I don't think he's really up to pace with the Premier League, but yeah, you can just tell, can't you, there is some player in there and he, under Pochettino, you would hope that we are going to see a good Tanga and Dombele over the next few years. Agree with that. Sticking with you, Jack, what we did see is Maurizio Pochettino towards the end of the game bring Skip on for Ericsson. And it's always reminiscent, which Alistair Gold pointed out, the fact that Pochettino, the way he used Skip to come on was very similar to how he used to integrate Winks into the early games where he was you know, starting to make his progression through to Tottenham. Do you think we're going to see more Oliver Skip this season? Yeah, definitely. I think especially now that Victor Wanyama looks like he's leaving out the door, I think his troubles with Eric Dyer and his fitness, I think, yeah, I think Oliver Skip probably is the next one in line to fill that deep line midfielder role. I think he's great. I think he's got great work ethic. One of our own knows what it means to play for Tottenham, gives everything. Yeah, he's a player that Pochettino will like, and I think that will be how we see him get integrated into the team again with Harry Winks. What I would like to say is that Harry Winks has came off twice now I don't think through any fault of his own but just the dynamics of the game like against Villa we went behind early chasing the game Harry Winks at the midfield three is probably the least likely that's going to break any lines so I think he's sacrificed there it was interesting to see La Celso come on in the centre of midfield yesterday I do believe on the like the right behind when Ericsson was still on I don't know if that's going to be La Celso's position maybe Winks is sacrificed out of the three there I'm not sure but yeah we'll see what happens yeah, he had eight or nine minutes to make a cameo. Jace, anything you can take away from the Chelsea? So many he was, like I say, on the field for a very short amount of time. Same as Skip. Yeah, I actually don't remember him doing a, a single thing. I don't. I honestly can't remember him touching the ball. He may well have done and got a few touches, but you know, it's Manchester City away. It's his first start. I hope we he'll uh, he'll have an opportunity to to get some more game time next week. That's for sure. Just a matter on Oliver Skip. You know, a sign that I think we will see more of him is that Eric Dyer was on the bench, and yet that, and you'd you'd think it's Manchester City away, a bit of experience. We might be facing a couple of late corners. Bring Eric Dyer on for height or organisation. But the fact that Pochettino put uh, Oliver Skip on in front of Eric Dyer would suggest that would, would you know Oliver Skip almost seems to be the the go-to boy at the moment. And you know Eric Dyer, whether it's Eric Dyer's fitness, but when you're making a substitution in what in the 90th minute. I'm sure Eric Dyer was fit enough to play for four minutes. So it's it's full credit to Skip that he's, at the moment, he's in front of Eric Dyer. Mm. Jace, talk us through the incredible moment then with the, with the VAR in that game. We think we've lost it. 
Same as the Champions League quarter-final. You know, VAR ruling out City's goal. A handball in the build-up to the goal where it hit Laporte. You, know, you just sink to your feet. When that goal goes in, you think, oh my God, you know, we've, we've lost the game after putting all that effort in where you think you might have smashed and grabbed a point. And incredible scenes again with the VAR. Well, it didn't sink to my feet. It was a corner. It was a clear handball. As soon as he hit his arm, I, I said, that's a handball. And it's disallowed. I wasn't in the least bit bothered. <laughs> at the time, at the time, be honest, yeah, you must have thought we've lost that game. You must have thought, was you? No, you wouldn't expect the VAR to go off, would you? No, I mean, obviously, it's one that without VAR, you know, nobody would have spotted it. And the fact that, that, that not a single Tottenham player appeals for it and Hugo standing there laughing just shows you that's that's it. But you know, again, with with VAR, that's that's been the clear rule, and it's in black and white. So. <laughs> the fact you get Jamie Redknapp saying, "I know the rule, but it's incredibly harsh, and it shouldn't be." Well, well, tough. That's that's the rule, and we, we've just got to bear in mind that it probably will backfire on us, you know, another stage this season. So, it's it's one of those. But it was uh, it, it was great to see that dance from Gabriel Jesus, and suddenly he realizes it's been disallowed, and, and I presume Pep and Aguero go back to hating each other because you know uh-huh. we had the big man hug, and Sky decided that was more important to show than anything else. I've got to ask you, Mike, a question from Eddie Gomez. He said, let's look at this hand rule. How can VAR say that there is an advantage or deliberately done by the attacking team? Is this changing how the game is being played and will it take away a natural flow? I'm happy for Spurs, but it seems a bit unfair. I know you're going to be going there next week, Mike, to obviously see a bit more in detail about VAR, but just on the go itself, isn't, can there be any qualms? I mean, in reality, handball in the build-up, we've had it done to us for far less in the Champions League final. It is what it is, isn't it, Mike? But it says any goal or scored or created with the use of the hand or arm will be disallowed, even mm. if it's accidental. That's the debate we should be having. That's the rules. The the debate we can have is, is that right? You know, it, it's a huge change and it is going to affect football massively. I think some people are exaggerating a little bit by saying it's killed football for me. That's it. It's not the same game anymore. I think that's a slight exaggeration. Uh, but it, everything takes time to get used to. I mean, you know what? I have never actually forgotten and I never will forget Pedro Mendes over the line, Roy Carroll, 2004-2005 season. Those things is absolutely essential, goal line technology and everything like that. However, I mean, is the interpretation of the handball, is it going to spoil the game? Is it going to spoil the fun? We'll have to wait and see. We may be talking completely different on a podcast in a few months' time where we get done over at Chelsea or Arsenal we don't know yeah at the moment we're feeling quite cheerful about it because we've we've gotten away with one let's be honest we've oh, gotten yeah, away with one we've, we've, we've taken a point at City where we, I can't think of huge positives if I'm completely honest and I think the what people said about the performance was absolutely right I mean I, I didn't expect much before the game but there was nothing really coming out of the game Harry didn't get anywhere near the ball. He didn't get any support, really. There wasn't too many positives. But it's incredible to think that Spurs have come away of a point at Manchester yeah. City. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see how we all feel if in a few weeks it happens to us. God forbid, not the North London Derby. No, God, but, Mike, don't put the knockers on that. No, God. no absolutely not. <laughs> but it is going to go against us this season, which we are going to have to accept. And it'll be interesting what our opinions will be on that. Mm-hmm. Um, look, we could be, we could, Rick, we could talk about VAR all night. It's just how we feel about the interpretation. But the rule says, handball, accident or not, it will be disallowed. I agree. No, we we'll have to wait and see. And you might, you're spot on there. And even like I say, when Mike says there, Jack, harping back to it, we can't forget the Gomez ghost goals, you know, issues in the past, FA Cup semi-finals. You know, we, we're due a bit of luck, aren't we, from referees? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that's happened, especially that Roy Carroll three points difference between two points there. I think it meant Champions League football that year. Um, yeah, big, big big mistakes but you know now the technology's here goal line technology is a different issue I think that's always been needed in football that's a big one that we've got sorted now we've got the VAR people are going to subject it people are going to interpret it in different ways ultimately it's here let's see we can argue to a blue in the face whether it should be or shouldn't be but it's here so let's hope they can get it right because at the minute I just don't think everything's quite right but I don't feel feel like it runs feel like it creates a lot of debate I just think there's a lot of grey areas I think yeah once they can it's only new once they can get it sorted I think it's here to stay so we need to interpret the rules as they say if it hits an arm in the lead up to a goal then it's a goal yeah well let's turn our attention to Pochettino's post-match interviews where he was discussing the fact that the team you know for what it's going through Jace 
He says, I think we're world champions. This is Maurizio adapting ourselves to different circumstances. It's a great experience. We're going to be one of the best coaching staffs in the world at adapting to circumstances. Jess, what do you take away from you know his post-match comments at the moment? Because he does seem a man that is incredibly frustrated. Obviously, he's dealing with a lot that's going on at the club. And like Mike says there, we're going to ask him a bit more in more detail about the unsettledness of the squad and this throwing windows to open. Is there certain stuff going on behind the scenes, Jess, that we are not privy to at the moment? I'm sure there is, but you know whether we like it or not, the, the you know the the the, uh, the way the squad is unsettled at the moment is is down to us. You know, if Ericsson hasn't signed a contract, it's because we haven't made him sign a contract or taken an option that two years out, as some clubs would do, and say, okay, well he's he's going to go. We're not going to let it go down to the last year of the season. And if you know if we'd have replaced him last summer, perhaps we could have sold him last summer. So, you know, at the end of the day, those things, you know, we said at the time, didn't we? Once that window shuts, then then is Ericsson there? We're at the hands of Spanish. So you could have brought in another player and said, well, so what? If he has to write the reserves, so be it. So, you know, it, it's up to us to have sorted the affairs out. It's up to us to have sorted Toby's contract out. We've had long enough to do it with the fact that we haven't. Again, we, we, we've had chances to... We, I mean, if Roma had come in and said, we'll give you seven million, we could have taken the seven million, couldn't we? It's, so, you know, we've, we've had a, a lot of control over it ourselves and it's, it's, it's only ourselves to blame for it. And it, it's no good hiding behind those excuses. What, what he's got to do is say, look, you know, my two top transfer targets that I wanted to come in was, was La Celso and Tungi and Dombele. We've brought them both in. The club has invested money this year, whether, we, whether you argue whether it's enough, whether it isn't. You know, that squad, as we say, when you look at that in a couple of weeks' time and, and you've got Ali and Son and Sessignon then back and La Celso integrated and Dombele, whether Ericsson's there or not, that's still a pretty good squad. And, and it's now no longer an excuse that can be used for me, mate. It's time to shut up, stop the yapping, start delivering points. OK, he does say, I don't know if people realise or not. I don't care. Only the circumstances are not the best and the challenge is massive. So happy because of the will of the players, their commitment, and with all of their circumstances, we're trying to get a good result. Mike, you are the man that covered the transfer window for Sky, told us anything about Spurs, what was going on. Can you give us any update as to some of these players' futures, the likes of Christian Eriksen, Serge Aurea, Toby Alderweireld? I mean, these are the players that are seamlessly, where Maurizio is referring to, that means the squad is unsettled. What do you understand in the moment to be happening, Mike? The information I was given, Rick, before even the, the transfer window opened was that Kieran Trippier and Serge Aurier would be available to talk to other clubs. The Trippier line was true, and look where he's ended up. And what a fantastic move for him. Yeah. He's going to end up winning trophies, I think, there this season. Serge Aurier, I'm told it's the same case, but um, the club, from my understanding, have yet to see, receive a bid. There are clubs looking at him. Now, it all depends on how Spurs see that right-back situation. I personally thought Spurs needed to reinvest at right-back, um, but Pochettino seems to be a massive fan of one fourth right back as well, which are, which is interesting. In terms of Ericsson, I think it's all, everyone knows that he's asked, he asked the club for a new challenge and there's been, and the challenge he wanted, it's not come to fruition for him at the moment and it's left Tottenham in a bit of a situation. Um, if you ask me, Tottenham, Tottenham fans ask me, has it been a good window? And I keep saying, ask me after the European window closes because um, I, 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 I just, I know people get a bit annoyed with Ericsson and frustrated I worry about that Tottenham side if he goes. I, I do worry. I still think he makes Tottenham tick at, at, at times. OK, there's, there's doubts over his consistency at times. He can drop his head. Totally understand that. Not great at free kicks. Not good at beating the first man. Understand that. But he is the man to get Tottenham out of danger when it's nil-nil with a few minutes to go, like Brighton last season. That would be my worry if Tottenham sold him now. But totally agree that they should not have... Well, it's got to a situation where... You know, fans mock Arsenal about not getting a penny really for Sanchez and not getting a penny really for Ramsey. Mm. It's, it's going to turn out that, that Ericsson might be going for quite a nominal fee at this rate and that would not be good at all. So, interesting few days to come. But I think Tottenham are a lot stronger with Ericsson in that squad. But if they can't sit him down, then decisions have to be made. But you say there, Mike, you know, at the moment, nothing has come to fruition. Can you see anything coming to fruition in the next few days? Is that, I'm not asking you to be a fortune teller or a clairvoyant. Can, can you see Atletico Madrid or Real Madrid coming in for him? Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I've not been given any information. And 
colleagues haven't either. And I'm, you know, I'm a brilliant journalist like Alistair have yet either. You know, we've not been given that information regarding here. I don't, I don't think it's happened. I'm, I think maybe, and this is just an opinion, this is not any information, do Real Madrid look at it and think, let's see how the first couple of games go. Yeah. We, know, yeah. we, know, we know we can go and get Christian Eriksen if we can't get our top targets. And then we can just bite the bullet and go for him. We'll, we might wake up one morning, at, you know, eight o'clock one morning, Real Madrid have agreed with theory of Tottenham for Christian Eriksen. It's not out of the question. And I think they, as the weeks go on, the power is slipping out of Tottenham's hands on that one. If you look at it, I, I can't for the life of me understand why Real Madrid really want him. When, you, when you've got Isco there, that obviously is a homegrown player and things like that. You know, you, you've brought in Hazard, you've got Tony Cruz, you've got Modric. Yeah. You know, you got Bell. I mean, is their needs really? I mean, and when you look at it, if your number one target is a Paul Pogba style player, then if you couldn't get Pogba, they should have gone for Ndombele. You know, somebody with power that can run from midfield and things. You're thinking, you know, Christian Eriksen's a million miles away from the style of player that Paul Pogba is, isn't he? And you just, yeah. think, you know, what is the point of? I mean, what is the point of Real Madrid going for him? I, I can't see how he improves Real Madrid one no. little bit. And I don't mean that in a, don't get me wrong, that's not a, a bad way of talking about Christian Eriksen. I just no, can't, no. they've got Isco there. So I, I, why, why would you want to change it? I, they've I, let Ceballos go out on loan, haven't they? Because they can't <laughs> find him in a place. Could have kept Ceballos yeah. there. Yeah, I, th- I think Arsenal fans need reminding that there's no uh, buy option on Ceballos, oh. given the reaction yesterday. I I know, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's a loan. It's a very good loan. Don't get it wrong. He's a very, very good player. And Tom yeah. were looking at him. But my understanding was that the interest had waned and gone pretty much when Ramages said, no, we're having him back next year. But all right, I'll wait and I'll, I'll stay cl- cl- quiet on that. I'll wait and see how that develops. Um if I was Real Madrid looking at him yesterday, I'd say, oh, looking forward to having you back. Yeah. I totally agree on the Epson situation. All I'd say on that in the last 15, 20 years is I'm not going to ever question Real Madrid's transfer policy because some of it can seem rather scattergun. The only thing I would consider maybe is if they do have a poor first couple of games. But I think they won, didn't they, over the weekend? So, yeah, I totally see the point there. The only thing I would get is, has he been given a whisper during the summer that they would come in for him? about this new challenge. Where else does he want to go? Uh, does he want a new challenge just because he wants a new city? I don't know. But as I say, you know, there isn't too much long, too much longer to go now. But you do get the impression yesterday, as I say, in the, in the written journalist post-match press conference, you do get more Maurizio Pochettino really showing his true colours, which I really like to see because I think there's a lot of times on the Thursday, Friday press conferences, you don't really get the full personality of Maurizio. And, and I think we got that yesterday in terms of how he feels about the squad. There is there is a lot of uncertainty in that squad, and obviously Ericsson primarily features in that. One more player I'll ask you about, Mark, before I move over to Jack, is Tabi Adeverold, another player that at the moment his future is up in the air, as we're led to believe it. Can you see Toby departing before the close of the foreign window? <sighs> I don't, to be honest with you, Rick. I think he's really happy. Um, someone told me that his wife loves London, which can play... a an important part sometimes. Um, that could be one where Spurs might actually turn around and say, we'll have one more year and then next, you know, he can move on next season. But again, you know, there's me saying that, Rick, we could wake up next day. It's just, it's the, the, this is the real problem that everyone agreed for the window to shut. But a lot of the managers, Klopp and Poch included, wanted, it was more of European teams as, as an agreement, not just the Premier League. Because it does leave the Premier League susceptible and all clubs all players but on this occasion with Tottenham with, with players contracts running down you are looking over your shoulder quite a bit mm, I agree with that and then, you know Mike says there Jack you know you've got Ericsson Alderweireld Vertonghen Rose Dyer Sissoko they're all entering the final year or two of their contracts I mean it's a concerning time isn't it at the moment Jack with the contracts kind of up in the air yeah, I think it is something that we're going to see a lot in football. I think people are picking up on that a lot. There's a lot of players running their contracts down to get the moves that they want. Seen it with Aaron Ramsey, seen it with Ander Herrera, minimising their transfer fee to get big signing on bonuses. The pick of the club. Christian saying that he wants a new challenge. I think it only ends with him leaving, either be that this summer or on a free next summer for nothing, which mm. obviously would hurt. 
Well, on to happier things, we have to say. Jack, sticking with you, we've, we are going to see the return of Hummin Son ahead of Newcastle at the weekend. He's now eligible for selection. Obviously, one fourth at the moment is still out injured, but obviously his now suspension is up. How great will it be, Jack, to see Sonny back in this team? Yeah, yeah, we all love Sonny, don't we? What a player. I mean, just that pacing behind, I think we're lacking a lot of that against City. I think he brings so much energy, so much creativity. Don't know which foot he's going to use. I think that's a very underrated skill in a footballer. He's very much appreciated. And yeah, I can't wait to see it. Again, what an easy game to come back to as well with Newcastle. The trouble surrounding them at the moment. I mean, there's not. They say there's no easy games in the Premier League, but come on, if you had to pick one, I think it'd be Newcastle at home next mm. week. So, yeah, nice easy one to bring him back into. Agree with that one. Jace, we're facing a Newcastle side that have lost two on the bounce. We are going to preview it more on Love Sport this coming Thursday, but probably not a, a bad team to play at the moment to bring Sonny back into it. How excited are you to have the South Korean back amongst selection, Jace? It's fantastic to have him back, isn't it? And I'm sure he'll, he's raring to go. But uh, the interesting thing is is how we line up. Like, you know, Do we go back to, to effectively 4-2-3-1, which is... I still look at our side at the moment and think that's the, the system that kind of suits us best. Or you can have, when you can have Mora or Lamella on one side, you can have Sonny on the other side, you can have Ericsson playing as a genuine 10, and there's still rooms for, for two of those, you know, for Sissoko and Ndombele, or as I'd probably actually prefer Winkson and Ndombele in there. It'd be Sissoko that misses out for me. But, you know, it will be nice to get back to a little bit more of a, a balanced side and, and have some genuine options there. And let's be fair, we should be able to play on the front foot against Newcastle, that's for sure. Yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Johan Eckeland, over to you, Mike, says, how should we line up against Newcastle? Didn't work so well with Ericsson and Lamella with Kane. Barely had any passes between them. What do you think, Mike? I think there'll be changes, Rick. Um whether we bring Son back in, I don't know, but I think there will be changes. Um, but from what I've seen in Newcastle, they've got big problems. So I'd expect Spurs to start on the front foot, really go for it. Spurs were poor against Villa, but I think, you know, give Villa a bit of credit as well. First 45 back in the Premier League. It's hard playing promoted sides. I think we've seen that already with Norwich. A bit over-ambitious against Liverpool, but, you know, they still look OK. Sheffield United... Early start of the season, they looked okay. So I'll forget the Villa first half was, despite me being seething at half time. But uh, you know, I, I still, I still at the club. I expect Ericsson to start. Whether whether Sonny starts or not, I don't know. Unless he's got another Asian Cup or U- Cup to go to South Korea. I mean, it was an absolutely diabolical red card in the first place. He got sent off for. Uh, I just want him to have a run, you know. Like you know, obviously with suspensions, like injuries last season, going away for South Korea, and he still had a great season. Um, I think Moore will come back in. Um, but yeah, early date. I mean, still a week to go. And it, who knows? Who knows? Just hope no one picked up any injuries. But um, I expect improvements now. And the fact that Spurs have got four points from six and they've not played very well at all but it is, is hopefully a positive sign. Yeah. I know you never do what I'm about to do, Mike, but I'm going to look ahead to the next six games. We've got Newcastle at home, Arsenal away, Palace at home, Leicester away, Southampton at home, Brighton away. I mean, last season we took 15 points out of those 18 available. Could you see the save again, Mike? I know I can't sit here and ask you to maybe predict, but I mean, it's an opportunity uh, now to really put a run together, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think Arsenal's going to be tough. Um, Leicester away, I expect them to finish sixth or seventh this season. Mm. Um, I actually think they could finish above Chelsea this season, but um, I think we should win our home games. But oh, I don't know. Rick, ask me after the I'll European. I'll window. ask you after. I'll ask you yeah, after. Don't I, worry, Mike. I'm expecting <laughs> the fact that I think expect us to improve. That we should, we should be winning our home games and get at least a point at Arsenal. Just don't let's not lose. I don't no. want to be losing. No, no, I think no. Brighton started well. Under, I think Brighton have started well under Graham Potter. But again, it's only two games. They could go on a bad run now. It's only two games. People are panicking at some clubs. Some clubs are getting going a bit over the top. It's only two games. But I think Spurs will pick up. But as I, as I say, and it's like our own manager has said, um, they can't feel completely settled until he knows what squad he's got come September the 1st. Mm. Another fact, Mike, you keep emphasising it's only two games in because, Jack, there is an argument at the moment that Arsenal are already have won the league at the moment, aren't they? Two games in? Like, they're not used to having six points after two games recently. No, no, especially recently. I remember them losing a few home games to start. You know? <laughs> it's not something we're looking to do this season. Home games, being back in M17 for the first time. But, yeah, we've got off to a great start. Four points from 
two games, one against the champions, one at home to a newly promoted side. You know, we've got some favourable fixtures coming up, especially Newcastle next. But you'd expect some points for a team expected to be challenging for the Premier League. Agree with I mean, that. It is a team that would, when you look at it, challenge for a Premier League. But to challenge for this Premier League in Manchester City's era, I don't it's hard to ask that we've got to pick up points where we where we can as often as possible and that means picking them up at home. Yeah, and Jace, I know you're going to say to me, you're going to probably say to me, Jace, just focus on the next game, right? That's all you can do. And, you know, I mean, in respect of the, the other lot, I, I genuinely haven't seen them kick a ball this season. I haven't seen I haven't seen highlights of their two wins. I haven't seen live coverage or anything. So I, I don't know particularly how they've done other than you, you when you was you're yapping about uh, Sabios the other day, but you know w- what they do is is totally down to them. Let's just focus on ourselves, and it's up to us to beat Newcastle, take some confidence then to the to the Scamrats and go there with seven points on the board. And and if you get a result there, then you really are flying. But you also know the impact of losing that one and then going into an international break. It makes makes that that next home game that much harder. So let's just. Get the three points from Newcastle and then let's worry about the ones after that. Oh, man. Jase, thank you for coming back on. It's always enjoyable. No problem, mate. No problem. Big week ahead. Mike, thank you for coming on and sharing the transfer knowledge. And hopefully, Mike, the next time we get you on, we've got Ericsson Lechurso in the middle there and Toby at the back with Jan and uh, Davinson. What to worry about? Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. A bit of pleasure, Mike. And Jack, thank you for coming back on. We haven't got a chance to talk about Danny Rose, Jack. I'm so sorry. Danny, blessing. Oh, no, he's still there at the moment though isn't he Jack still hanging yeah, still on here. Still <laughs> just don't here. tell Jason <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I thought he had a good game he had a decent game on Saturday I thought Danny Rose no, I thought yeah. he started poorly got better yeah, yeah. Better, Jason we'll let you know if you didn't have a good game don't worry you would have heard about it by now <laughs> 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 only joking Jason listen guys we've got a big week coming up we're back on Love Sport this Thursday before that we've got myself and John sitting down on Eddie White Rose for a big charm patron about the youth massive massive week ahead if you want to sign up to our Patreon content, as always, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash last word on Spurs. We've got some wonderful shows coming your way. We had Martin Lipton last week, but I promise you, big, big shows planned and a lot about the youth coming. Troy Parrott, what a goal he scored also back in the last week. Stunning strike, big future for him as well. Right. was good, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Similar to Harry, wasn't it, Chase? Yeah, I thought it reminds me of somebody, the way he just ran yeah. off and a little skip with the, with the fist pump in the corner. I thought, yeah, I wonder who's been watching. There you go. As long as his goal scores is that good, James, we've got a massive future ahead for him. Hopefully so, mate. Fingers crossed. Guys, enjoy the week and as always, come on you Spurs. Podcast Network.